Well, last Sunday was a tough Sunday for me. I don't know about you, but uh, I grew up a Kansas City Chiefs fan, and they went down, and then I was grafted into the vine when I married my wife to become a Cowboys fan, and that didn't turn out so well. I blame it on looking at that eight ball. That's what I, I blame it on asking the eight ball, is it going to happen? And so may justice be fierce today. Anyway, so. Okay, no, shut up, shut up. So here we go. Week three. I believe one of the most important questions you can ask for 90% of life's issues is the question we've been talking about. This huge question uh, that we need to be able to ask Uh, Depending on wherever you are in life, from marriage to relationships, from finances to your health, from decisions about eternity and decisions about tomorrow, this is a critical question. And we've been teasing this out over the last two weeks. In fact, I told you when we started this message series, if you're new, that I would take two weeks on biblical foundation and then the next two weeks, practical application. So we've spent the first two weeks uh, building the foundation, the biblical understanding of the ideas surrounding this question. And now today and next Sunday, we're going to do practical application towards this question. And if you've not been with us, the question is simple. And the question you ought to be asking in 90%, you're going to live with less tears. You're going to live with less regrets. You're going to live with greater clarity in your life if you'll ask this question. And it's this, in light of my past experiences, what I've known, in in light of my current circumstances, where I am, and in light of my future hopes and dreams, where I hope to end up someday, the critical question that we need to be asking, this great question that you and I need to be having on the, on, the, on, the, on the tips of our tongues in decisions and opportunities and invitations is, everybody say it out loud with me. Here we go. What is the wise thing to do from that seventh marriage? Right? I, not pointing any fingers, just talking to my Uncle Stevie. <laughs> when it comes to that next relationship, when it comes to that financial decision, what you knew in the past, what you're dealing with now, where you're going, what's the wise thing to do? Every invitation, every opportunity, every decision, you got to pause. If I were to step back and do the wise thing here, what would that look like? How would that feel? What would that result in? And I promise you, you're going to see 2017 begin to shape up a little differently if there's been areas where you've been, um, you've had a, uh, let there be light. See, I'm not God. So when I say it, it doesn't happen. So there we go. Let there be light. Okay, see what I did? See what I did there? Okay. Thank you, everybody. Somebody is so tired of me preaching this morning that they went like this. And they hit the light switch uh, uh, on, on the, anyway. So what's the wise thing to do? We're going to jump in today in Job 14.5 because we're going to talk about a very important topic for everybody. And here's the scripture. A person's days are determined. You have decreed the number of his months and have set limits. He cannot what? You can't exceed it. The topic for today is something that you're going to, if you're going to be, spend any time in this church and be faithful on Sunday mornings, about every year to every 15 months, you're going to hear me talk about this. I'm going to bring it up and bring it up and bring it up. 
It's going to be a staple in my preaching and in our teaching because, because you will look at it 15 months from now and you will say, I heard this 15 months ago. What have I done differently? How have I walked differently? And what I'm talking about today is how we spend our time. Your time is determined by God. He has decreed the number of his months, our months, and has set limits. We cannot exceed. The day you were born was like the Pictionary hourglass was turned over. And the sand began to flow. And you and I, every one of us have 168 hours a week, but all of us don't have the exact same amount of weeks than the person next to us. But all of us have the same amount of time every week. And time is a critical issue to get right so that you may gain a heart of true wisdom. The only way to answer the question, what's the wise thing to do, is to wisely approach time the biblical way. So we're going to jump into that uh, this, this morning. I can overeat. I can overspend. I can overachieve. Anybody been on one of those? Anybody been on all three of those? Right? But write this down. I can do all those things. I cannot overlive. We ask the question, what time is it? Pretty consistently. But now that we have a, a phone in our pocket that gives us the time and a watch on our, on our wrist, you may not have to ask, but if, you, if you're ever without the two, it's very simple to ask that question. The wrong question we need to be asking is not what time is it. The right question we need to be asking is what are we doing to make the most of our time? That's what this lesson is about. So today I want to give you four things we know about time, but choose to ignore. You know this. You know this, man. You know it. But we choose to ignore it some, many times. We choose to ignore. And you know what we learned in week one? That those that know what to do and ignore it, those are foolish people. You don't want to live as a fool. I don't want to live as a fool. But when we know what to do and we do not do it, that is a symbol of foolishness in our life. And I want you to live wise lives. Why, why? Because I want you to know, because God wants you to live a life full of wisdom. So number one, four things. Here's the first one. Investing small amounts of time over time is cumulative. It, it's like summative. It, it, it is a snowball effect with your time. Little bitty investments, small, tiny investments of time over time, over time, over time. It's like the snowball in the snow. It, it begins to build and get stronger and larger and heavier. You just simply get more with incremental investments of your time. 30 minutes a day, five days a week of exercise. It's not going to necessarily look completely different day two. But over time, small amounts of time, over time, okay? You, you may have, have heard this. If you said one time won't hurt, you're, you know, one time won't hurt. You actually are correct. One time probably won't hurt, but it's those dangerous habits we get into. And I want to tell you what, one time won't help. One time won't hurt, one time won't help. A supercharged 23-hour workout at Planet Fitness, you're going to be tired, you ain't going to be Schwarzenegger. You're going to be worn out. You, you know, you're going to pop something, break something, snap something. 
small amounts over time, one time. You know what, a seven minute abs, I know I've ordered it online, but it took more than seven minutes. It took more, it, it takes more, that's a, they lie to you. I thought seven minutes and you know, out was gonna come the six pack from, from underneath the keg. Didn't happen because it's small amounts of time over time. Seven minute abs over time, over time, over time for 74 years. No, okay. it's time and time and time and time. It definitely won't help just one time. Number two, neglect is easy. It's easier than the small investments of the right time. Neglect is easier than strategic investment. It is easier to look back and say, oh, I wish I would have planned for retirement. <laughs> than to actually plan for retirement. Neglect is easy and it is costly and it is also cumulative. So it is like a snowball in the reverse direction for your life, neglect. Small investments of time, your family around the dinner table, your family around the dinner table, time after time after time, that's cumulative, but also neglect. A dinner without being together, a dinner without being together, a dinner without being together, time over time over time, neglect accumulates as well. Are you hearing me this morning? You have the option right now to make the most of your time, but you also have the option to allow neglect to add up over time. If your goal is to neglect your kids, you will. You will and it'll add up. And at some point, can I tell you one of the main things you're doing as parents? You are teaching your kids to want to come back. I don't mean come back and live in your basement or your you know, second story. I mean, you're teaching your kids to want to come back when they're gone. That's what Jana and I, a goal is that they would have the moral compass as the, as, as the Bible. For everything they do, that the Bible would be their moral compass for every decision they make and they would be great deciders. They'd be great decision makers. And when they're gone, that they would want to come back. That, that, that basically, it boils down, our parenting boils down to two things, those two things. We want them to come back someday, spend time with us, not be like, thank God, I'm out. And that they would use the word of God as the moral compass of every decision they make, to give purpose through the word of God in Jesus' life. But if we're not careful, we get this wrong and we look back and we say, oh, oh, I wish I could get that time back. The price I pay to make small deposits of time pales in comparison to the price I pay for neglect. It may cost you 30 minutes of sleep to wake up early and go to the exercise, you know, to go to the fitness center. That's a price to pay that's gonna be cheaper for you now than the price you pay for whatever sickness you may have here as a result of neglecting health. The price you pay to invest small amounts of money for the future is, is so much more worth it here than looking back and saying, I wish I would've just cut down on the Starbucks a little bit. We call them five bucks, <laughs> you know, Starbucks is five bucks. And, and a grande latte here and a grande latte there, it's gone. And what do I have to show for it? 
but yet if I'm wise at the very beginning. You still with me so far? Number three, random has zero cumulative value. Random doesn't add up. And what we love to do is randomly make a phone call, randomly check, randomly make vacation, randomly invest, randomly do this and do that, and random doesn't add up like small investments of time or neglect. It just, you don't even know how to add it up. Look at me now. Everybody take your right hand out. For those of you that have your left hand out, go to your right. If you don't know, ask the person next to you. You take your right hand out and just kind of keep it just like this, okay? Now I want you to think of all the very specific strategic investments of time you could put in your right hand, like 30 minutes a day, five days a week for exercise, all right? 150 minutes a week right there. All right, that's two hours and 30 minutes. The time it would take to sit down together and have a meal. Let's say that's 30 minutes to an hour, okay? Um, the time it would take to talk with your spouse um, about planning a date night and taking a date night, all right? Think about those investments of time. Now, think about what you did instead of that last week. Think, think about what you did instead. Like the random stuff we did instead of the two and a half hours of exercise or the, the 30 minutes of just sitting together as a family. Think about what you did instead and think about the extra 45 minutes at the job. Think about, think about the extra binge watching on Netflix. All right, think, think about the extra 30 minutes of sleep you got, okay? When you compare the two, I promise you, this, what you are strategic and specific about, is gonna mean a whole lot more than the random stuff. You know why you can't remember what you did randomly last week? You know why? You can't add up the value of random events because it won't, you won't remember them because they're random. They just kinda happened. And before you know it, you look back and say, where did the time go I mean my daughter is going to be a freshman in high school that next year like a freshman and like she like there was a we took a family picture the other day and it was kind of funny we had family pictures and I wasn't in them but well I, <laughs> if you see a lot of family pictures floating around of my family with my grandma and grandma and I'm not there I st we're still married but I had something going on. I just didn't have enough time to show up to the family pictures. What is wrong with me? See, this message may not mean anything to you, but I'm getting a whole lot off of my chest. This sermon is therapy for me, okay? All right, so if anybody's gonna say amen, it's gonna be me this morning because I gotta figure out how to make the most of my time. I ain't been very wise lately with the how I'm leveraging my time. But man, there's a picture the other day my, posted of my daughter, and I'm like, gosh, she's so gorgeous like ticks me off like now she gets up in the morning I'm like no dirty yourself up you, you need to make yourself ugly you're going to you're going to school I don't I don't trust anybody at school make yourself ugly that's my that's my goal that's even that's my plan you know but 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 like probably right here it's gonna be like that and those doors are gonna open and some dude 
is going to be standing right there and I'm going to be standing out there ready to walk her down the aisle. And I don't know how she came from this, like this, like tiny little Janet's parents and my parents waiting in the hallway of the delivery room and me coming up to the door like this through the window and then popping up and taking actual pictures on cameras. Students used to be, you couldn't take a picture with your phone. Used to be. And just smiling, she's just so tiny. Just tiny, I could hold her like this. My son, you know, I love Facebook. I hate Facebook. It's this love-hate relationship. And somebody posted yesterday this little video of our son four years ago, five years ago. How long was it? Four or five years ago, four years ago, over in the kids' center. And, and he was singing a song. And I'm, you know, unfortunately, it wasn't like, you know, Father Abraham had many sons. He was singing the other prophet, Justin Bieber. He was singing, baby, 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 oh. And then he goes into, when I was 13, I had my first love. There was no one compared to my baby. Nobody came between us from above. I had, oh, shut up. You had me going crazy. No need for Starbucks. She woke me up daily. Anyway. Forgive me, Lord. Forgive me. But he's in there singing, baby, baby. That, that's the level of discipleship going on. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. That's the level of discipleship going on in my home, apparently. But uh, he's so tiny. His hair, what, what, what were we thinking? His hair was like shaggy off a of Scooby-Doo. What, was, what were we thinking? And his tiny little voice, and now like he's eight and he's getting, he, he's still a little small, but he's still, you know, big enough where I can't just walk, walk him to bed and lay him down. He's like a bonk his head and hit his feet on the, on the doorpost, and I got to, slide in he's just his legs are just hanging there and if I don't make the most of the time I'm gonna be packing his trunk for college and you are too parents how many of you know every grandparent has told it to you the time just flies it gets faster and faster huh you as grandparents you've said it and us as young people, sometimes we, we ignored it. But then you start living life and you start saying, whoa, where is the time gone? This is why we got to preach this consistently every single year. Because if you're not careful, listen, write this down on your notes somewhere. My time equals my life. My time equals my life. If you're dissatisfied with your life, you need to investigate your time. Because your time is the sum total of the life you're living. The time you've spent is the life you've lived. The time you're spending is the life you're living. And random stuff here and there ain't gonna make up. It's not gonna add up to anything of real value. You have to be strategic with the time decreed to you. Number four, in the areas that matter most, I can't make up for misspent time. Write this also. I can't pull an all-nighter for life. I've said that every single week, but it's true. You can pull an all-nighter to cram for that exam. Boy, college, I was full all-nighters, especially the classes I didn't enjoy. I'll barely scrape them by. Students repeat after me, right? 
C's get degrees. No, I'm kidding. Don't, no. Parents are going to stone me. Don't, don't do that. Don't do that. <laughs> oh, praise God. All of a sudden, their youth are like, oh. No, no. I, that was my philosophy in a couple of classes, and I had to all-nighter some stuff. Like, I had to figure it out. I had to spend the whole night cramming for the midterm, cramming for the exam, barely scraping by with the right, because I didn't apply myself throughout in particular classes. Sometimes that worked, and sometimes it didn't. You cannot pull an all-nighter for life. You can't. Look, Valentine's Day, gentlemen, is not the answer to misspent time the rest of the stupid year. One big old vacation is not the answer to consistent time invested in your family. You can't pull an all-nighter. I can't, I can't just spend one big day with my daughter and expect her to truly trust me. It takes investments of time. Now, I know some of you are right here. Let me pause. Let me step out of the sermon for a minute, okay? Let me do a little bit like, you know, narration, documentary narration of the sermon that's happening. Some of you are sitting here now and you're frustrated. You're, you feel guilty because you're looking back and you've got regret, okay? So does the pastor. He may even be half your age, but it don't matter what age you are right now. Make the most of the time you have left. You've got to make the most of what's left, okay? So if you feel like your toes are being, you know, stepped on, the pastor's toes are being stepped on too. I've made, I've made some critical errors here and I don't want another year to go by without getting some things right. Are you with me? Okay, let's go back to the message now. I can't pull an all-nighter for life. So if you were God and you loved you, you cared about you so much, because that is God. What advice would you give you regarding your time? If you were God and you set the days decreed by him, what advice would you give about your time? Well, we don't have to guess that. We don't have to make a guesstimation on how we live our life, on what we need to do, on what God would say, because in Ephesians, he gives us a real clear answer through Paul. Paul says in Ephesians 5, 15, therefore, be careful how you walk because <laughs> every day is a journey. Every day is a day of walking and stepping forward, not as unwise men, but as wise, making the most of your what? Time. Another translation would say making the most of every opportunity, but the original manuscript says making the most of your time, how you have invested yourself because the days are evil. Now, what does it mean because the days are evil, you need to invest your time? Is that like a, a satanic thing, an evil thing, a sinful, like enemy darkness thing? Uh, yes, and, and it also means because the days that we live in, the culture you're surrounded in, it's not teaching you to think about every moment of your day. It's saying, live it to the fullest, live it up. You only live once. Just take it, just take the bull by the horns and have fun. Live it. Okay, the, 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 the culture we live in is not living by biblical principles, everyone. But the biblical principle is examine your day, examine your time, examine how you're investing your life because my time equals my life. So then do not be foolish, 
but understand what the Lord's will is. The will of the Lord is for your life. And it's right here. Make the most of your time. God, what do you want me to do with my life? Your life is your time. Make the most of your time. God, what do you want me to accomplish? I want you to be thinking about your time. I want you to be looking at your time. I want you making the most of your time because your time is your life. What's your will for my life? You spend in your time wisely. You're spending your time wisely. Listening to his voice, his direction, his, his, his anointing on your life to be the best mom, to be the best husband, best spouse, to be, to be the best uh, child, to be the best uncle, to be the best aunt, to be the best worker, employee, employer, you name it, to make the most of your time because the days we're living in, they're not making the most of your time. So, two questions we need to ask today. You still with me? All right. What do I need to say no to for now? There's some things in your life you just need to say no to starting now and never say yes to them again. Just say no to some stuff. Start saying no because time is short and your time equals your life. But there's also some things right now you're saying yes to that it's okay to say yes to, just not right now. Just not right now. Okay, okay, dad, you love Call of Duty on Xbox, great. Great, be the best Call of Duty Xboxer known to man. In the meantime, don't become a great guy who can play Call of Duty that's neglecting their responsibilities of spending time with their kiddos. Say no to some stuff for now so that you can say yes later. There are some things that I gotta say no to because right now my kids, before I know it, they're gone. They're just, they're just, they're gone. Can I be real vulnerable with you? As your pastor, I have a hard time saying no to stuff. I wanna say yes to a lot of things. For example, for example, I wanna visit everybody in the hospital. But when you have a church that has 2,500 people that call it their home and an average weekly weekend attendance of about 1,700 people, how many of you know if you had 1,700 kids, it'd be tough for you to, to kiss every single boo-boo? Just by the way, I don't go in and kiss your boo-boos when I go to the hospital. Just, just so we're clear, there are some limits that I take, okay? <laughs> uh-uh. Uh-uh. Ain't gonna happen. <laughs> I love you, but not that much. Um, I wish I could perform every wedding ceremony. And I still, I still say yes to as many as I possibly can, but I can't say yes to everything. I wish I could be a part of every single funeral. Every, every single prayer meeting. I, I wish, I really wish God has called me to do is in this season of my, of my ministry and my life, God has is, is, is said there's just some things that only you can do that nobody else can do. And if I could go to every single event and every single deal every single wedding every single funeral um that it would mean that god would maybe want me to be in a smaller church because he's given me a different responsibility i guess i'm cutting out here pastoring a larger church does that make sense and so for me i have to figure out what do i say no to and sometimes that that can hurt someone why didn't the pastor come visit me why what, you know and, and and that's why listen that's why a bigger church, we need groups. That's why we need one another. It's why we're called to be the ministers. He equips the saints to do the work. And so our groups ought to be caring for one another. 
And our pastors ought to be developing more leaders to be in more groups. And if you've not been a part of a group, that's where we're going to get care. That's where we're going to get hospital visits. That's where we're going to get the best, the best kind of personal community feel is when we launch groups, which will be starting uh, in a couple weeks from now on Super Bowl Sunday. I, I, I'm asking you to trust what I'm saying. And you have to figure out how to say no to good things to say yes to the most important things. You hearing me this morning? How many of you ever had a problem saying no to people and no to stuff? Oh, me too, me too. Out on the kiosk outside at our Next Steps kiosk, I had uh, Courtney um, put 65 of these on the, on the kiosk out there. And this is a little uh, a blog that I read a while back. And it's uh, 10 ways to graciously say no when you feel pressured to say yes. And it's from Lisa Turkhurst. And I think one of our groups actually is gonna be going through a book called The Best Yes for, for ladies. And uh, this is 10 ways to graciously say no because I have a hard time saying no to stuff. And, and here's just a couple of things. Like personally, hey, my heart really wants to say yes, yes, yes. But the reality of my time makes me have to say no. I hope you understand. Or, hey, I so appreciate you asking me, but I've gotta be brave and decline this opportunity. Saying no is hard for me, but necessary in this season. Thank you for understanding. Professionally, I don't, unfortunately, I don't have time for a lunch appointment today, but I'd love to connect for a few minutes over the phone. I can talk from this time to this time. Thank you for thinking of me. Your project sounds awesome. However, as much as I would love to be involved in that project, I simply can't give your project the attention it deserves right now. Those are tough things for me because I want to be available to everybody. And part of that is living in my own insecurities. And I got I to gotta be secure enough to say yes to the right things and no to some things for now because nobody else is going to be a dad to my kids. Nobody else is going to be Janet's first husband. <laughs> only I can be your first husband I told her the other day hey 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 I don't want listen if I ever die early or whatever I don't want like your next husband like having my stuff like my golf clubs or something and she said he's left handed so that's a joke but I think <laughs> yeah Say no to the right things. Saying no is not a rejection. It's a necessary protection. It's not a rejection. It's a necessary protection. Number two, where do I need to begin making consistent deposits of time? So not only do you need to say no to some things for now and no to some things forever, but then you have to start thinking strategically, where do I need to begin making consistent deposits of my time that is like a snowball that's cumulative, okay? It's easy to get distracted from the most important responsibilities of life. And it's like the simple things. Now this morning, this hit me. And I wasn't even going to share this with you, but, but I feel like it's important for this moment, okay? So I added these, this scripture in these few slides for this moment today, and I want you to, to grasp it. They're not even in your notes, but I, I wish you would write these down because I think they're going to help somebody today, especially those of you who are 
parents with children in your home, okay? And if you don't have parents, uh, you're, you're not parents with children in your home, but you have a friend that does, this would be a great thing to write down anyway and encourage someone with this. The book of Deuteronomy talks about the story of the Israelites coming out of bondage in Egypt and into uh, the wilderness and their time in the wilderness into the promised land. And before they're about ready to cross into the promised land and things start going good for them, still some challenges, but they're going into the land, the promised land, the land flowing with milk and honey. Moses gathers everybody and tells them what the Lord told them to say. And here's what we read in Deuteronomy chapter six. Hear, O Israel, this is Moses talking. The Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength. These commandments, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and strength, are to be uh, uh, on your hearts, not just on your lips, because you can say a lot of things, but not really believe a lot of things. It's got to be in here in order for it really to make a difference on here. In your hearts, impress them on your children. They're not suggestions. They're not like, I don't know, what do you want to do? You want to go to church today? No, 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 no. Impress them. Come on, parents. If, 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 if you are the parent that says, you know, brush your teeth or not, it's up to you. You're going to have some crazy looking toothless kids in the future. Uh, whatever, just whatever works. I don't want to push you to that, but it would be wise to brush your teeth. No, no, you say, get in there and brush your teeth because you impress on them important things and so much more important than having, you know, good teeth is having the right heart. Impress upon your children. It's got to be serious. Talk about those commands of God when you sit at home and when you walk along the road and when you lie down and when you get up. Those are four key areas. Tie them as symbols on your hands. Bind them on your foreheads. Write them on the door frames of your houses and on your gates. In other words, don't just know inside the house what's most important, but people that walk by your house, proverbially, metaphorically, people that see your life from a distance, they just see the gates to your house, that they would know by the way you live what's really important in your life. It, it, you, you shouldn't be a Christ follower incognito where someone after 22 years says, what, you, you love Jesus? I would challenge your depth of relationship with him if it takes 22 years for people to figure that out. Write it on the door frames of your houses and in your gates. When the Lord your God, listen close, brings you into a land with large flourishing cities you did not build, they didn't put the effort to get those cities built. And he brings you into houses filled with all kinds of good things you did not provide. And wells you did not dig and vineyards and olive groves you did not plant. Anybody ever watched how the lottery changes people's lives? Nine times out of ten, those that win a whole lot of money in the lottery, they lose a whole lot of money because they don't know how to live with it. He's basically saying the same principle. You're going to go in and have a whole lot of things you didn't earn. And you're going to forget who really gave it to you. You're going to forget who your provider really is because you didn't earn it. How many of you know that that next generation, if we just keep giving them trophies they didn't earn, we're actually messing with this scripture right here. We, we got to teach. When I, I don't know about you, but as soon as Jan and I got married, we made the mistake on some things. We wanted to live at the same level that our parents did that took them 20-some, 30-some years to get there. We wanted to drive 
the equivalent of what they were driving the moment we got married and how many people living like that these days and they forgot all the effort it took for you or someone else to get there they didn't see the pain and he's saying you, you got to make the most of your time because you, when you have vineyards and olive groves you did not plant and when you eat and are satisfied be careful that you do not forget the Lord who brought you out of Egypt don't forget your roots girl don't 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 forget your roots bud all that you have guess what it's not even yours you think it's your intelligence you think it's your business acumen you think it's your investments you think it's you and your sweat and you pulling yourself up by the bootstraps hey hey bucko don't forget everything you have is from God everything you have and the 168 hours he gives your neighbor is the same 168 hours he gives you and do not forget where it comes from. And so he shows us these four little things, parents, that I wanna give to you today. He says mealtime, when you sit down, you have mealtime every single week. You gotta eat every day. What a great day. Are you making the most? Are we making the most of our mealtimes? In a mealtime, parents, you can talk about what's most important and be like a teacher to your kids. You can be like a teacher and you can talk about lessons you're learning, stuff that's going on. Talk about what's most important. We provide for every family in KidWorks. If you don't get your home front, get your home front. And what it has is different elements that you can use throughout the day, throughout the week, lessons about not what they learned in KidWorks, but what they're gonna learn the next Sunday. So you actually become the primary teacher in your home by walking through this simple home front, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, take off Saturday. You can still be a Christian. You can still be a Christian, take off Saturday. But then on Sunday, they're gonna hear from us what you have already been saying. And guess what? It becomes more valuable when they hear it from you first. They need to hear it from you first, parents. And so this home front, don't walk out the door with this kind of stuffed in and in the trunk of the car, you know? You know where this ends up in my car sometimes? I'll be honest, right there. <laughs> it ends up right there. If I'm not strategic with the tools that I have or that I'm being given by the church, I'll neglect it too. Mealtime can be a great time where it's a teaching moment. Drive time, that's when you walk along the road. Thankfully, we're not having to walk along the road very much these days. We've got Fords and Chevys and whatnot. Back in the day, all they had is sandals, you know, so, and camels, sandals and camels. And when they walk along the side of the road together, that drive time, guess what? You don't have to be a teacher every time you're in the car, but you can do what, talk about what they enjoy. Be like a friend. One of the greatest issues we have in today's culture is parents that are only friends to their kids. But you know what else is another issue? Parents that are never friendly to their children are never friends. Like it's either one way or another. I'm gonna get you, I'm gonna get, no, it's, it's either one way where they're all friends or no way where they're like, you know, just the disciplinarian. And there's balance in both. And you know, so the kids, man, we have fun. We laugh. We, we do a little bit of Kid Craddock in the morning. Break the bank. Break the bank. We play a little break the bank on, on, on days when we're driving. We'll sing real good songs like, here's my number, but call me maybe. I know some of you thought that as a pastor, it's like, shout to the Lord. You know, that's all. We actually have fun too. I want my children to enjoy time with dad and mom and to, to have a, a fun experience in the car. How many of you know drive time can be like hell on earth, especially when you're driving far? 
Make the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. Morning time. Morning time. My mom would come into my room and would say, wake up, little Susie, wake up. And that could have given somebody a complex, you know. <laughs> little Susie. Anyway. So <laughs> and you know, the way we wake up our kids, you can't be frustrated if they're grumpy around cereal. If you're waking them up, flipping all, I gotta go, we got a lot to do. We're running late. Ah! That's a great opportunity, morning time. To encourage them and speak life is going to be a great day. Jesus loves you. I've said this before, but one of the songs that, that you know, it's been a while since we've sang this, Sage, hadn't it? But uh, run up here real quick. Fast, 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 fast. Run up here. Give my daughter a huge hand. So when she lays down in bed, used to be, and so we're gonna, we're gonna make up some time right now. This is a all-nighter moment, right? This is just like all investment right now. So she'll lay there and, and, and I'll just go, I love you, 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 Sage. I love you, I love you, I love you, I love you. And she's laying down at this time, but we're not gonna have her do that. Love you, Sage. Since you have come into your mommy and daddy's life, we love you more every day. day, 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 day. Love you, we love you, we love you, we love you, we love you, Sage. And then when he had Graham, he was like, we love you, 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 Sage and Graham. Love you, love So I'm building my drum set, you know. We stop with two drums, that's it. I love you, 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 Sage but nobody will ever love you like Jesus loves you. Now get your butt out of bed and get your chores done. <laughs> you gotta invest the right time. You gotta have, you invest the right time. I know of somebody in this church, every morning they were woken up with a glass of chocolate milk. That's a pretty cool deal. I like that idea. Don't think about it, don't think about it. Morning time. We encourage them and speak life. But you know what? Bedtime, in bedtime, when they're about ready to go to bed, this is an opportunity to listen and build trust and intimacy. You're like a counselor to your kiddos, like you're a counselor to them. What is becoming in your teenager's life a sanctuary where they peel off away from the rest of you and they shut the door and say, it's my life. Start when they're little and make that bedroom not a place where it's a place of privacy for them, but a place of own, own openness and honesty and vulnerability where you listen to them. There's a rule in our home, bedtime's bedtime, but if you ever wanna talk about anything, you, ever wanna, you can stay up as late as you want. You wanna crawl into bed with mom and dad and talk about stuff in life, we'll stay up till two. We'll stay up until you're done talking because I want our home to be a sanctuary that's vulnerable, not a sanctuary of privacy and secrets. And it's small amount of investment of time over time over time. It's not going to be one heart to heart conversation with my daughter, is it Sage? It's going to be a little bit, little bit, little bit, little bit, little bit. And time over time, that's what we're building as a family. For your own personal walk, when 
we have a Wednesday night pregame like this Wednesday when I'm going to be sharing my most requested sermon about why we can trust the Bible, you need to be spending time over time over time in quiet time with God, reading his word, praying, reflecting on scripture. And I want to remind you this Wednesday night at 7 p.m. in the chapel of why you can trust the B-I-B-L-E, why you can trust it when it's been under attack by our culture. You can stand on the word of God. You know, the reason we do starting point is a small little investment of time over time is going to get you plugged into the local church. Easter and Christmas ain't a strong family, doesn't a strong family build. It doesn't. It's time over time, over time, over time. You got to invest the time. Dream team. Now listen, watch this. I hear people say, I don't have enough time. I I have to step back from being a dream, dream teamer. And there are moments for that. There are moments for that. Especially if you have to recalibrate or something's like the train's gone off the rails. Okay. Like stuff's been crazy. But what I've seen happen is the moment people step back from serving, it's very, 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 very difficult for them ever to get back in the habit. It's very, very, very difficult. Here's what I'm going to say to you on this. Seek first the kingdom of God. Invest your time in the kingdom of God. Invest your finances in the kingdom of God. Put first in your time, your talent, your treasure, and your story, his kingdom. All the other things are added. It's like this amazing reaping and sowing deal. I want you to be a part of a dream team this year. Spend your time wisely. Groups, spend your time wisely. And number three, don't be afraid of failure. Many people are just afraid of failing. And maybe you feel like you failed in your time. Here's what I want to tell you today. Be afraid of succeeding in all the stuff that doesn't really matter. Listen to the words of this song, and I'll come back and dismiss this. Sometimes he lets that boss get in his head. Deadlines on his desk. Five o'clock, he's the last one out of the game. He gets cut off, flipped off, ticked off. Out on the interstate. And he wonders why this world won't leave him alone. Till he hears the little voice holler. Daddy's home, things that matter, things that don't. She's held on to that grudge all her life. And 30 years of anger since her dad walked out that night. She thinks of all the moments that he's missed All the birthdays, ballets, first dates It seems too much to forget She gets that call and said he don't have long She walks in, he starts crying The past is gone Things that matter Things that know
forgive us, Lord, where we've been poor stewards. And thank you, Lord, for giving us a fresh start today in our time with you and in our time in what really matters most.